there. Like Doug said, he is speaking on the core values as we move into a new building. And uh, the first one was, God is good, I am safe. And the second one is, listen to your interior voice. So I'm going to jump in the middle of this series and zero in on this part. Listening to the interior voice. Listening to the interior voice for me is knowing the way forward. I want to know the way forward. So the question for me is, how do I know the way forward? Now, I am assuming that you are here because on some level, you are willing to be intentional about your spiritual growth. By being here, you are saying, I am choosing to not live life on automatic. So a long time ago, I bought a book by C.S. Lewis called Till We Have Faces simply because I loved the title, and I still love the title. And here is what the title means to me, and this is what I'm going to talk to you about today. We cannot move forward till we have faces. We can't move forward till we own our faces. We can't move forward until we own who we are. So I'm going to theorize that who we are has three faces. Your first face is the face of who you have carefully constructed yourself to be and you have approved of on some level. Even if that approval is being disapproved of. And this face is a wonderful face. It is a necessary face, but it has a fatal flaw. It is confused. It thinks it is your face, your one and only face. It doesn't know that yes, it is a very good face, and yes, you couldn't exist without it, but no, it is not your final face, your eternal face. Your second face is the face of who others experience you to be, and the third face is the face of your essence, hidden with Christ in God and I might say hidden from us most of our lives and this owning of our faces is something that the grace of God usually parcels out in bits and pieces he might do this for two reasons one is we can't bear it and two is we can't bear it. One is we can't bear to be aware of the full scope of our flaws, of how we have hurt ourselves and how we have hurt others. And two, 
we can't bear the full scope of our beauty and our glory. So I am suggesting that owning our faces is our way forward. We have to go through our faces before we can touch grace. And who knew that grace is conditional after all? The condition is you have to need it. The owning of the first face, the face of the carefully constructed self, gets deconstructed when God graciously reveals to us that what we called virtue wasn't that virtuous after all. So Billy Long, my pastor when my children were small, told this story about himself. He was raised in Longs, South Carolina, and when he was just a little fella, he remembers being so proud of his feet. He went barefooted a lot because it was hot a lot in South Carolina. And while he was barefooted, he would look down and admire his feet. He had this protruding muscle that went all the way from his heel to the ball of his feet. Then one day, someone asked him if his flat feet bothered him. And he was devastated. All this time that he was reveling in his unusually strong feet, what he thought was a bulging muscle ended up being a fallen arch. And truly, 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 our way forward often encompasses us owning this face. The face that I thought was virtuous, the face that I thought was a bulging muscle, ends up being a fallen arch. And for some of us, who knew that being a perfectionist was just a disguise for power and control. And who knew that for some of us, we might be giving to get? And who knew that others of us are sometimes willing to trade in our core in order to appear successful? And who knew that all that planning and all those options were for the purpose of avoiding our fears. And who knew that all that power might have been for the express purpose of appearing big to cover up our vulnerabilities? And who knew that all that love of peace might have been for the purpose of our comfort? And that's just a starting point. Can we bear it if the Holy Spirit shows us that that conversation that we initiated was really for the purpose of building an alliance and had little to do with camaraderie? Can we bear it if the Holy Spirit shows us that when we called that person, it wasn't for the purpose of finding out how they were doing, but for the purpose of fishing for a compliment? Or when the Holy Spirit shows you that in all of your sharing of wisdom, 
you might have been establishing your superiority? Can you bear it if the Holy Spirit... Watch Aries again. <laughs> Can you bear it when the Holy Spirit sh sh shows you that in all of your reaching out to your friends, that yes, you did care about them, but more than that, you did it to establish safety and security. Can you bear it if the Holy Spirit shows you that all you missed out on and how you made your life so small over the decades was because of your fear? Can you bear it if the Holy Spirit shows you how you pleased others and abandoned yourself? Can you bear it if the Holy Spirit shows you that your hells were created by you? Can you bear it when the Holy Spirit shows you the price others paid as a result of your self-referencing behavior? Can you bear it when the Holy Spirit shows you that yes, you were sincere, but sincerely wrong. So again, the way forward is when we can own that which we call virtuous, that which we call a bulging muscle might only be a fallen arch. And again, the Holy Spirit usually offers us these insights in bits and pieces a little here, a little there, spread out over our lifetime because we can't bear it. So own your first face. We cannot move forward till we have faces. The second face we have to own is how other people experience us. Really? Really? How they experience me is their problem, right? After all, I am sincere. I care. I am well-intentioned. And therefore, I am, drumroll, innocent. Translated, you are wrong. I am right. And how dare you tell me that I'm difficult? And how dare you tell me that I'm prickly? And how dare you tell me that I'm wrong? So, again, the second face that we have to own is the face that says, often I am sincerely wrong. Who knew? Who knew that it would behoove me when you say that you experience me as superior to actually listen to you, to actually consider if I had any part at all in your experience. How can you say that? After all, I don't feel superior. And if I don't feel superior, therefore I'm not superior, right? So, you have to be mistaken and this has to be your problem. Or, how can you say you experience me as manipulative? I just spent all that time and energy helping you. Or, how can you accuse me of cutting corners 
After all, I got the project done, and everyone loved us for it, and you accuse me of cutting corners? Or how can you say that I'm being melodramatic when you're the one that is so insensitive? Or you feel rejected and all I did was not come to your party? You're overreacting. Or you told me you would be home at six and I just spent all that time and energy imagining your death and you have the gall to tell me that I worry too much? <laughs> And how can you say I'm intimidating when all I did was give you a reality check? <laughs> and how can you possibly say I'm stubborn? Everybody loves me. What is your problem? <laughs> angry? I'm not angry. I'm just quiet. And it might behoove you to do as the scripture says in Matthew 5, but is never quoted. And it says, Agree quickly with your adversary. I can't imagine why not. <laughs> so own your second face. We cannot move forward till we have faces. And just a small caveat. Yes, yes, yes. We all have people in our lives who are telling us things about ourselves that are not true. So those of you who are working hard establishing boundaries, please do not quit because you heard me speak this morning. Keep on establishing your boundaries, okay? Just wanted to get that out of the... Just. All right. And the last face we have to own is the face of our essence. This is the one we cannot bear because of its glory. This is the one that also is offered in bits and pieces. This is the one that George is talking about when he writes and we sing, we are waking up. We are waking up to who we are. And in you, we are living. In you, we are moving. In you, we are finding who we are. This is the face that we are giving, that we are given in exchange for the other faces. This is the face that we get when we own and turn in our other two faces. It is like God says, own your face, give me your face, and I'll give you our face in exchange. Our scripture today said that Christ emptied himself. This is another way of saying that he owned and turned in his first two faces in exchange for his eternal face. He emptied himself. We also are invited to empty ourselves. Like the other two faces, you will never see this face with your eyes. You'll only experience it. You'll experience peace when you used to be troubled. You'll experience joy when your circumstances are not going well. You'll experience confidence in the midst of fear. You'll experience surety 
in the midst of not knowing. You'll experience freedom in the midst of obligations. So let me read you a poem that Adil posted on Facebook by Nayira Wahid. Thank you, Adil. As you are, says the universe, after you answer. As you are, says the universe, before you answer. As you are, says the universe, when you answer. As you are, says the universe, how you answer. As you are, says the universe, why you answer. Because you are happening now, right now, right at this moment, and your happening is beautiful. You don't even know how breathtaking you are. As you are, says the universe. As you are. So own your last face. We cannot move forward till we have faces. So I'll close with this. What is the purpose of all of this owning our faces? What is the purpose of all this emptying of ourselves? Of all of this listening to the interior voice? Of all of this moving forward? Well, let me tell you what it is not for. It is not to get God to love you or approve of you or accept you. It is not to make you get to heaven. So this scripture suggests a reason why. And this is Palm Sunday. And this is one of the things that Jesus told his disciples just before he was killed. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. So he said to them, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And just as an aside, isn't it interesting that God, that Jesus was comforting his disciples when he was the one that was getting ready to be killed, you would think that maybe it might have been the other way around. But anyway, that where I am, 
there ye may be also. He wants to join you on this side of death and on the other side of death. He wants you to join him inside of you, inside of your experiences, inside of your memories, and inside of your plans. Growing in togetherness. We really, really, really don't believe that if God was a dog, that he'd wag his tail every time you came into the room. We really, really, really don't believe that if God was the sun, that it would make him very happy when you allowed him to warm you. We really, really, really don't believe that if God was a song, that he would be listening for your voice so that he could harmonize with your melody and make you look real good. We really, really, really don't believe that if God were a human, that he would stand behind you with his arms around your shoulders and kiss you on the top of the head. Who wouldn't want to keep a dog that loves you or a son that warms you or a song that sings to you or a friend that embraces you? Quote, that where I am, there ye may be also. Could he have said it any plainer? I want to be where you are. I like you. Who wouldn't want to grow towards a universe that says, as you are? And he means it. So growing is not for the purpose of being loved and accepted by God. Growing is fun. Growing is natural. Growing is purposeful. Growing is fulfilling. Growing feels alive. Growing means that you get to be a part of something bigger than yourself. Growing means that you get to be a co-creator, not just of yourself, but of something bigger than yourself. So the invitation is to grow. The invitation is to be like Jesus and empty yourself. The invitation is to own and then exchange your first two faces for your eternal face. The invitation is to be where he is. The invitation is to receive his as you are. Let us pray. Father of lights, grace us. Grace us with insights. Grace us with friends to share insights with us. Grace us with kind friends to share insights gently. Grace us with humility to receive the insights given to us by kind friends. Give us courage to own our faces and then to move through our faces to your as you are. Because of your Son, 
Amen.